Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Tears, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal. And what's that third thing? Mayhem! I am James. I am Jody. <laughs> what do twin powers act of? <laughs> Sorry. I understood that reference. <laughs> Form of an ice bra. And now we wait. <laughs> Ooh, it's a bit nipply in here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch those. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> yes. I understand that you have some very deep notes for us today. I I do. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. No. We, are, we are continuing our deep purple stuff. Oh. I I thought we were doing a rawhide episode. No. Bowling, bowling, bowling. <laughs> and, and, and yes, and something else ties into this at this point. <laughs> what, what beer are you having, <laughs> jerk? So I'm half done because <laughs> Jody was regaling me with stories before we started. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of my beers, when we record these two or three, two, yeah, whatever episodes tonight, are going to go with them because it's warming up. Hence the, uh, James Hate Spring small episode that will have been out or come out soon mm-hmm. uh, means I have to put on my beer in my beer fridge or in my uh, I've got a little closet that's out in the garage that's sort of a cooler it's like a cellar it keeps it cool but in the winter time I can bring beer home and just throw it on top of whatever I want because it's out in the garage and it yeah. stays cold well now I've got to keep them all organized so now I'm I'm having the uh the remainder of my Sam Adams holiday pack. Oh, nice. I've so currently the holiday white ale. Okay. Yeah. That, that was the quick and easy story I told you I would say earlier. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you having my fine gentle thing? <laughs> um, well, this one this one's actually kind of appropriate to part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I am having a new Belgium fat tire amber ale. Ooh, I've had that. It's good. Yeah. Um, new Belgium brewing company out of uh out of Denver. I know they're out of Colorado. Um, yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, out there somewhere. Is is it a deep ruby red or is it a little lighter color? I don't know. I'm drinking it out of the bottle. Ah, because I've read that they're changing. Okay, so this was sort of the weird thing. We're changing the recipe, but it's going to be the same flavor as you've loved. And I'm thinking, well, you can't you can't change the recipe and it be the exact same flavor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they said they're going to make it a little more bright and, and crisp, kind of. So I didn't know if if maybe it was a little different because i've not had it for a while yeah but it's fine i don't need to know i'll i'll either have it or not okay i i i'm I'm enjoying this one it's not bad cool what what does it have to do with the 
the episode. Should you tell us now or should you wait? Um, well, just that it's brewed in Colorado for right now. <laughs> so who do we know from Colorado? Uh, uh, our friend Donnie lives out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Compton. <laughs> Compton, yeah. Mama said, <laughs> Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> friend Donnie was very much into some hardcore rap of or at least what was considered hardcore rap for white boys from Indiana back in the <laughs> early 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, who started calling him Compton? I know my stepbrother Matt was calling him that, but I don't know if Matt was the I, one that started it. I think it was Matt. I think Matt couldn't remember his name, so he's like, hey, is Compton going to be there? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, anyway. Um, yes, I will... Uh, uh, we'll we'll make the Colorado connection in a moment here. <laughs> it's different than the New York connection. Yes, and different from the Chinese connection. Right, and different than the New York groove. And I prefer the Chinese groove, if you know what I mean. I bet I do. I like their food. <laughs> food, yeah. <laughs> It's going to make a joke about chopsticks, but I think we should move on. <laughs> yes, let's move on. So, Deep Purple, Mark Five, right? Holy shit. Jesus yeah, Christ. Deep, Deep Purple, Mark Five. Jesus Christ, superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that he actually tried out for Deep Purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the reference I was going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be the new drummer, but the sticks kept going through his hands. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so, Mark 5. So Mark means, 5, yes. That means the, the band members have changed, right? Uh, yes, they have once again changed. Um, All right, well, I'll let you get and, to that when you... And, and I believe at the end of the last Deep Purple episode we did, uh, where we talked about the Stormbringer album, uh, I mentioned that Richie Blackmore left because he did his solo thing, which turned into the first Rainbow album. So, you know, Richie Blackmore, guitarist uh, for Deep Purple, officially leaves the band on June 21st, 1975. Is this is this the point where I can give my note that I made my notes for this particular album, but then I've got this little tiny thing at the bottom that says, notes that should have went into Stormbringer. <laughs> yes! Go ahead, go ahead. Let's Because it kind of refreshed on Stormbringer, because it's been a while. <laughs> it has, and I don't remember... Um, yeah, I, I, you may have even said this, and I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but but Richie asked Coverdale to do Rainbow. Yeah. And David turned him down, and that's when he got Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at, at the same time, Hughes was asked by David Bowie to do Young Americans, which pissed Richie off, and Richie made it not happen, which was shitty, considering Richie was then leaving to go do Rainbow. Well, well, yes. Richie uh, exerting, Richie exerting, Go control, exerting control over the the band, as Richie would do. Well, which actually goes to my next note. I don't know exactly what it means, but I said there were more, uh, but they're not worthy enough to go into or stress about because Richie was always doing this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> anyway. That's it. That's, that's all I had. Okay. Well, 
I mean, you know, you got Richie Blackmore leaving the band. So the rest of the band decide, you know, well, we need to get somebody uh, who's not only good, you know, to, 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 to step up and, 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 you know, fill the, the role. I mean, you know, cause it's Richie fucking Blackmore, you know, um, but they need, they needed somebody with a personality just as big as Richie's, not necessarily an ego as big as Richie's, <laughs> but, but, a, but a personality as big as Richie's. <laughs> um oh and you know what we haven't we haven't done this yet i mean we've been um i i'm because i'm gonna mention uh one of the guys that they actually thought about trying to get um we we haven't done anything in tribute for this guitarist um there they had a short list and it included jeff beck who passed away recently as of this recording yeah so yeah, we haven't. Uh, I think we we kind of talked about maybe doing something for for Jeff, but um, yeah, we had just haven't gotten around to doing anything yet. So totally bummed out the the day I found that out though, and I spent the entire day listening to just different things with Jeff on them. So yep, me too. Yeah, because I don't have a lot of his like solo stuff, but I've got all this. I, I've got all the Yardbird stuff most of it anyway so I'm, I'm pretty sure i've got all the stuff that jeff recorded with him and um the first two jeff beck album jeff beck group albums with rod stewart and that was uh the the first one was the first one or the one i listened to that day i didn't yeah. listen to everything but yeah. yeah oh he he uh john uh yeah john bon jovi's uh blaze young guns 2 blaze of glory soundtrack yeah he's in he, uh, a few of those songs yeah yeah he was i i did not realize how many he was on till i actually looked it up on wikipedia to see which ones i needed to listen to and it was like damn it was like at least half the album uh yeah i think, I think we may do something down the road about uh about jeff but um he was he well, was real, one real of, quick yeah i'm gonna yeah, take yeah. a drink because young guns 2 soundtrack is from one of our episodes where we talked about albums that really get to us oh yeah Okay, well, I just took a drink too while you were saying that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Jeff Beck was on uh, the short list of, of guitarists that they they were interested in. Um, Irish guitarist Rory Gallagher was was also there. Oh, wow! Apparently, they auditioned uh, Clem Clemson, um, who had played with Coliseum and Humble Pie. I know that band. Yeah. Uh, but singer David Coverdale, who was a fan of jazz, had heard a guy on a couple of jazz albums and decided they needed to contact him. Wait a second. Why didn't Richie Blackmore just stay with him? Didn't he love the jazzy direction? Um he he did, but I, he didn't he didn't no 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 no. They were they were going more of a funk direction. <laughs> oh, it's funk. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is completely different from jazz, like a hundred percent different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, so Coverdale, at least the the version of the story that I've I've, I've heard is that uh, Coverdale brings the rest of the band together and he plays them these albums, and everybody was just like, "Yeah, this guy's really good." So when Tommy Bolin from Denver, Colorado, or Boulder, Colorado, 
uh, walks in for the audition because they, they asked him to. Um, their reaction was that he looked to the part of the rock star. Singer bassist Glenn Hughes claims he walked in, saw Tommy, and yelled across the room, whatever happens, you're coming home with me. <laughs> I, I, I do have a few notes on that, but you already covered most. <laughs> yeah, okay. Coverdale, like the specific the band members who wanted them. Coverdale wanted Beck or Gallagher. Yeah. And Hughes wanted Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who did audition, but yeah, didn't have the charisma. Yeah. And Coverdale, from what I read, specifically liked the Spectrum album. I mean, he did like Tommy in general, but yeah. Yeah, they he, he really liked Spectrum, so they auditioned Tommy with the feathers in his hair. Uh-huh. And and Hughes said he wanted to party with Bolin, whether he got the job or not. Right. <laughs> Hence the Lord you're coming home was, with me. <laughs> yep. Lord said he was just marvelous, as exciting as playing with Blackmore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I, I should probably wait for my next couple notes to see where you go. Okay. Well, um, somebody described Tommy's audition with Deep Purple as similar to Led Zeppelin's first rehearsal. Well, of course they did, but how would they know? Yeah. That, well, that's true. <laughs> you um, there, David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure who said it. I did not. I just, um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't reference whoever said that. Um, <laughs> Tommy and Glenn Hughes were instant friends. Uh, Glenn let Tommy stay at his place until Tommy got his own, and they spent a lot of time jamming together. Uh, mostly, oh, much of which Hughes claims to have recorded. Well, that would be nice to listen to then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. But, as we mentioned in, like, the last Tommy Bolin episode we did, <laughs> Tommy had just signed his solo contract. Ooh, ooh. Can I get my other two notes real quick? Yes, please do. Because it goes with this. Bolin was very impressed with their funk, so mm-hmm. he wanted to join right away. But had to finish a solo album teaser due to a contract. <laughs> yeah. With, and okay. And yeah, more notes to come, but uh-huh. I'll put them where they go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the guy who was kind of managing Tommy, we've, we've mentioned Barry Faye before. Um, he suggested that Tommy have a dual career. Uh, solo and with Deep Purple. And Deep Purple's management was agreeable with that. You know, uh, kind of like a little bit later, Joe Walsh would have his own career, but he was also in Eagles. Right, Eagles. Yeah. Uh, so funny enough, um, Tommy was not a fan of Deep Purple. <laughs> <laughs> and outside of Smoke on the Water, hadn't really heard any of their stuff. He didn't have a high opinion of that style of rock. But once he met them, auditioned, jammed with them, and got to know them, he was, like you said, really impressed with uh, with how good they were, how, how good of musicians they were, um, especially John Lord and Ian Pace. Yeah. So, but he didn't really consider his role as a replacement for Richie Blackmore, but more as the whole thing being a new band. How'd that work out with everybody else? Um, 
Well, Richie Blackmore actually thought Tommy joining Purple was a good thing. They actually, the two of them actually wound up getting to know each other. And uh, Richie thought Tommy was really good. Well, good. Yeah. Good for Richie. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice guy giving credit words to. <laughs> so, like we've mentioned, uh, Tommy already had a solo contract. So he did have to do his album. And in July of 1975, he started work on uh, his, his first solo album, uh, which you mentioned uh, was named Teaser. Uh, they were they recorded at three different studios, uh, the record plant in L.A., Electric Lady Studios in New York, and Trident Studios in London. Um, he had a bunch of guest stars come in and play on the album. Uh, Stanley Sheldon played bass on uh, six out of the nine songs. He, he, had, uh, he was in Peter Frampton's band. Uh, Jan Hammer. Oh, thank you. I knew the name was familiar, but yeah. I wasn't placing it. Good. Yeah. Um, Dave, uh, Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer. I thought it was Jan. Is it Jan, Jan Hammer? I don't, we, we've discussed this. We don't know. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about because I, <laughs> I swear I've heard Jan all those, you know, the, the Friday night videos on NBC or whatever the hell. And then, like, I swear, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't either. Yeah. Um, he played synthesizer on a couple of songs. He actually played drums on one of the songs. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, David Sanborn played saxophone. Uh, Jeff Porcaro uh, from the band Toto and Steely Dan. Um, he Thank played you. he played drums on some songs. Uh, Prairie Prince, who we talked about in one of the other Tommy Bolin episodes. Uh, he was the drummer for The Tubes, and he, he was on a couple of songs. <laughs> the Tubes, snicker. Um, apparently, Phil Collins played on a song. He did percussion on a song called Savannah Woman. And, yeah, and Glenn Hughes has an uncredited vocal on the song Dreamer. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So I've got, let's see, for some reason. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I was like, I've got, I've got the track listing here and I've got them numbered, but for some reason they're not in sequence and I don't know, but then I looked at it and... I, I won't mention all of them. I'll just I'll just mention I already mentioned a couple. Um, so there, there's the title track teaser. It was based on a it was well it was co-written with Tommy's friend Jeff Cook, based on a real woman who was uh, or who wasn't making herself available. Hence, you know, teaser. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, already mentioned Dreamer and Savannah Woman. Um, there is a instrumental called Marching Powder. i uh, give you three guesses what that's about. <laughs> well, I've got notes on that coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's Dr. Roxo's favorite thing. Let's just say that. <laughs> Who wants to do some cocaine? <laughs> um, and uh, I'll just... Uh, just another one I'll mention. Uh, probably my favorite Tommy Bullen song overall is "Wild Dogs." It it, it was on the teaser album. Neat. I, I know you gave me this, but I mostly remember "Teaser" from Motley Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in '89. Uh, I think it was um, Motley Crue did a cover of "Teaser." 
So yeah, um, a, a good one, but they, they they leave out a verse or a chorus or something. They they leave something out. Actually, it's actually shorter than Tommy's. But uh, Jan Hammer, Jan Hammer, whatever you know, uh, the, that that guy, <laughs> Jan Jan. Yeah, um, he uh, he said that the sessions, when compared to Billy Cobham's Spectrum album, because they had both played on that, had more of a drug fog descending on the sessions. Well, <laughs> because or did wait? Did you have anything? I, I did. You want to hear an interesting yes. thing about Phil Collins at this time? Yeah, I would actually, because I, I it said Phil Collins, but I'm not entirely sure it's the Phil Collins I'm thinking of from Genesis, but I think it was. I think I did kind of look at that, but I didn't make a note about it. Oh, oh um, yeah, actually, I, I, I did look it up as you're saying that, and I was kind of curious because we mentioned Genesis mm-hmm. in our uh, folk rock yeah. things with yeah. their uh, nursery crime. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, well, teaser came out in 75. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so I'm thinking, well, I, I know that was just after nursery crime, but where did that occur? This was the year that Peter Gabriel left and Phil Collins became their front man. Ah, okay. For Genesis. Okay. Well, then that... But yeah, yeah. yeah. That Phil Collins. Okay. That's, that's I'm, I mean, you know, you, you, you see the name Phil Collins and percussion. And it's like, oh, well, he was the drummer for Genesis, you know. You would assume. Yeah, so that would make sense. So, yeah, yeah. Tommy Bolin's commitment to Deep Purple meant that when the teaser album actually came out, he wasn't able to tour in support of it. But Deep Purple did add two songs from the album, um, a song called Homeward Bound, which I had not mentioned until just now um and wild dogs which i did mention uh that they added those to their set list on the tour for their next album so following completion of the teaser album tommy and the rest of the guys in deep purple started working on the first and only mark four album ah see i said mark five earlier this was the mark four album i got a little confused there I did. You just, you just got so carried away because you're excited about. I was purple. excited, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is this album winds up being the only Mark IV lineup album. Uh, they recorded at Musicland Studios in Munich, Germany, from August 3rd to September 1st, 1975. Uh, it was co-produced by longtime engineer Martin Birch. Where have we heard that name before? Hmm. Um, well, with Deep Purple, but also. Iron Maiden. Hmm. Maiden. So, take Iron a drink. <laughs> they, they sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, there's a drink of my next beer, by the way. Same Adam's <laughs> Winter Mix Pack. The Black Lager. Oh, ooh, okay. All right. So the album, the Deep Purple album, Come Taste the Band. Was what, in... what kind of name is that? I... Who do they think they are? <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, if, if I have if I have quick notes of things that happened at this time before they started recording, should I give them now or wait? Let me finish this thought and then you can give those. That sounds good to me. Okay, so the the album "Come Taste the Band" 
wound up being an even bigger departure from Deep Purple Sound than the previous two albums, especially 1974's Stormbringer. So you had things you were going to add. Insert them here. Um, <laughs> just going to slide these in. <laughs> so at, at this time, as uh-huh. we discussed, Richie leaving the band and them trying to get a replacement for him and everything. Mm-hmm. Evidently, Hughes was hanging out a lot with David Bowie and Ronnie Wood at pretty much any kind of cocaine club they could go to. <laughs> that actually, yes. <laughs> Sounds about right. And Hughes and Pace were dating twin sisters, Vicky and Jackie, respectively. Uh-huh. After Hughes was left by his, because she was done with his cocaine paranoia, he was starting to hear voices, Pace dated and married her while Lord dated and married the other that Pace had been dating. <laughs> I did not know that. That is funny. <laughs> Look, I get, I get trading groupies. Marrying them? Kudos to you, going the full <laughs> distance. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's it until we start talking about well, the album and the tours and the songs. Okay. Uh, so Tommy Boland wrote a good chunk of the music. Some of it went back to th- his days with the band Energy. Jeff Cook, who we just mentioned, Tommy's songwriting partner, he wrote, he co-wrote a song, uh, which was also credited to David Coverdale. I I've believe- got a note on that. Okay. I, I believe it's the song Lady Luck. And according to Cook, he had the song written... Tommy brought it into purple and Coverdale basically rewrote the lyrics. Right. Uh, their second song, Lady Luck, is the first non-band writing credit for a non-cover mm-hmm. because it was, was with Bolin with former energy bandmate Jeff Cook. Yep. And he couldn't remember the lyrics, so Coverdale had to write new ones. Oh, okay. All right. So David did write the new lyrics, but that's yeah, there was a reason for that. <laughs> okay. One of the or well, actually, two there's Two of the songs on the album. Um, I'm gonna three, three, <laughs> three. <laughs> well, there, there's there's a couple of songs that they seg into. Well, the first song segs into the second song. The first one is called "This Time Around," and the second one is "Ode to G," just the letter G. And like I said, they were the, the two songs were written separately, but sort of combined into one song. But on the on the CD, they're actually separated as as two separate tracks the g the letter g in the title is american composer george gershwin well that's cool i did not know that yeah um the first section this time around was written by john lord and glenn hughes in a gershwin style uh tommy's instrumental ode to g also pays tribute to gershwin um, in fact, the original plan was to call the first part Gersh and the second part Win. <laughs> <laughs> um, David Coverdale, however, missed writing with Richie Blackmore, um, who was very focused on getting albums done, as opposed to the more laid back attitude during the Come Taste the Band sessions. I have a small note on that that will fit. Okay. There were three camps within the band at this time. Uh-huh. The originals. Lord and Pace. Yep. The drug users, Susan <laughs> Bolin, and Coverdale. 
<laughs> and yes. they, they didn't really get angry like they did with Blackmore, but they weren't hanging out together either. No, no. <laughs> no, they were not. Gracious. <sighs> ah. mm-hmm. So where, where did the name of the album come from? I don't know. I did not make a note about that. Ooh, I do. Okay. Title of the album, Lord started playing Cabaret and Bolin drunkenly, drunkenly saying the wrong words. Instead of saying, come taste the wine, come hear the band, he's saying, come, he's saying, come taste the band. <laughs> I, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and Bolin, at least, if not all of them, were very happy to have a non-serious name for the album. Oh, that's funny. And, and I do have a quick note on coming home. Okay, okay. If it's a good time. Um, well, I will just say that coming home is the opening track on the album. So if you've got a note about that go ahead yeah well yeah you moved on to others that's what i was wondering but yeah as a last written yeah needed a little bit more and at this point he ooh, that's a spoiler hmm <laughs> huh. um go ahead we'll we'll hold off <laughs> okay 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 yeah because um, I, I actually don't have that much more i was going to run through the track listing and then the release stuff okay but then then we're going to do like the the touring and and the things in another episode yes yeah okay in that case yeah, yeah because I the tour wait. the the tour probably deserves its own episode I, i've got a i've got a few things there okay okay but yeah but but my note for the song has to wait <laughs> it's a spoiler just make sure you put a note that you haven't given the spoiler yet so <laughs> i am actually right now going through and striking out the things i have given <laughs> oh there you go there you go okay so yeah the the tracks on the album uh coming home uh lady luck which we just mentioned um getting tighter which is about the new lineup getting used to each other uh that one actually has glenn hughes on vocals the song dealer is follow uh, follows that it's a drug reference coverdale shares vocals with tommy Bolton. So that's the first time Tommy sings on an. I think that's the first time Tommy sings on an al- on the Deep Purple album. Then uh, there is "I Need Love," uh, the song "Drifter," "Love Child," and then it uh, the album ends with this time around "Ode to G," which um, this the the this time around portion of that has Hughes on vocals. Ah, wait, no, one more song. Yes. I thought that was a little short. Um, Coverdale and Hughes share vocals on the song You Keep On Moving. Yeah. So the album Come Taste the Band was released on October 10th, 1975. The tour to support the album started in early November 1975. Date of November 8th is given as the first date. Tommy's teaser album was released on November 17th. Come Taste the Band sold well at first, while Teaser did not sell well at all. And, well, you know, yeah. kind of surprised if people like this album, yeah, but then, yeah. So, but that's all I've got right now. We will go a little more in depth on the tour in the next episode. Yeah, I've got a couple things. Okay, yeah, yeah, if you want to share so, those. So, since we're talking about songs, I was just going to say I don't really have anything else except the one I can't give. Yeah, uh, I don't have a favorite, and it's I, I, my note is not sure I have a favorite. Very mm-hmm. different, a good album. I only consider it semi deep purple, but that's you know from a classic deep purple standpoint. Yeah, 
And and what I do think where overlaps with the old deep purple is because of Lord. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, speaking of John Lord, he actually he said many times over the years that he he thinks it's a very good album. It's just not a deep purple album. Yeah, I I can I can see that. Yeah. He I think he kind of had, over the years kind of came to the conclusion that they should have just renamed the band something different. Yeah, yeah, but then nobody knows who the hell they are and yeah. right, you know, and and I <laughs> I mean we we've talked about that where, you know, artists have tried to do that before. Sabbath Tony Iommi tried to do it twice with Sabbath. And, you know, both times the record company was like, well, nobody will know what it is. I don't <laughs> completely disagree with the record label. I I but. don't, but I think enough of the fans would have been reading about it in the magazines to to know, hey, you know, Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler put the put this new band together with Ian Gillen that used to be in Deep Purple, and you know, it's not going to be Black Sabbath. And <laughs> I, I think you know, I, th I think enough of the fans would have got it. Yeah, I agree with that too. And we yeah. have that episode on when a, is a band not a band anymore, right? And right now, Deep Purple really is. In that Venn diagram with what, only two original members, yeah, like the the founder more or less <laughs> is is kind of gone, and the sound is very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Tommy was a much different guitar player than than Richie was. <laughs> and and so. I do have the chart positions. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I didn't I didn't write those down, but yeah. Now I always just kind of consider it my job. <laughs> That's that's part of the reason I don't write those down. <laughs> so I, I usually stick to the top twenty and then give the USA and UK. Yeah, uh, since that's where most of our listeners are from. But it hit number six in Norway mm -hmm. and New Zealand. Oh, okay. Number hit nineteen in the UK and forty three in the USA. Okay. And made it to silver in the UK and coal and gold on the Czech charts, the Czechoslovakian. Wow! Cool. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what that means because every country can have their own, but I'm assuming it's the same gold that we have in the States. Maybe not, because I know in the UK, gold and platinum are different. Yeah, we'll see. So who knows? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, yeah, it would have been what, Czechoslovakia at the time? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what they would have had for the requirement for that. But that, I mean, that's cool that it went gold. I mean, that's, hey, you got a gold record. Yeah. It's always impressive when you can get one of those certifications. <laughs> it is, no matter what it is. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, that's it. That's what I have until okay. next episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, the, the we'll we'll get to the tour and later things <laughs> in the next episode. But I, the next step the, 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 the tour pretty much deserves its own episode. <laughs> Well, you probably have more than I do, but I have some neat things about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's an interesting tour. Let's just say that. <laughs> so. Speaking of touring, uh huh. Led Zeppelin. Oh, sorry. Next episode. <laughs> yes, that's the next one we will record. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm good. You know, I so. yeah yeah me too yeah that's all we got for right now and and yeah do all the things as James said recently yeah do all the things rate us review us send us money send us send us beer <laughs> come taste the tears <laughs>
Don't touch those. <clears throat> All right, cool. So yeah. I suppose if I'm good and you're good, I can say I'm James. I'm Jody. Which are synonyms for great, but we'll go with good. Yeah, there you go. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. So as soon as Tommy was done with the teaser album, Deep Purple. Yeah, let me redo that. So- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've got a I've got a good outtake that I can do now or at the end for you. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do it now. Uh, so I was looking at teasers list of, of people who came in and helped. And one of the percussionists uh-huh. was Sammy Figuero. Figuero, Figuero, Figuero. <laughs> I, I didn't make that note because I didn't know the name. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were there were a lot of names I left off. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't blame you. I only would have written down the ones that overlap with what we've talked about, too. But I saw that name. I'm like, ooh, Figuria. That sounds like Figaro. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Hello. I wasn't sure what to say. I was going to say goodbye, click, and, you know, but then we got to walk back in. And I, just, I just seemed a necessary amount of work. Uh-huh. <laughs> just a little. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll think about it. You'll get no excuse and like it. <laughs> okay. It'll be brief. All right. And quick, just like she likes it. No. <laughs> i don't i can't remember if i told you i have started watching red dwarf <laughs> yeah you did um i thought you told me well I, I i know i had told you that i had borrowed the set that was it yeah so um started watching it this week over the weekend something like that i'm about i, I finished the first five episodes i'm about halfway through the sixth one. Oh, cool so pretty much done with the first series then I, I guess. Yeah, usually six episodes in a series. Okay. Oh, well, shit. Then that, it'll take me less time to watch than I thought. <laughs> yep. <laughs> six All episodes right. in a series, typically, at 30 minutes. Yeah, they... Yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so far, I think my favorite character is the cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. I... I, I like Lister and Rimmer. I, I but yeah, I mean Rimmer obviously, you know, he's he's an uptight asshole. And Lister reminds me of us. <laughs> maybe a bit more slobby than even us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It it took I I watched the first three episodes and I was kinda like uh, okay, I'll I'll keep watching, and I got through the fourth episode, and I was I was laughing a lot by the fourth episode. Yeah. So, so I just think those first three, they it was kind of a little bit of a rocky start, but once they got going, they a little bit. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm looking forward to you know because I, I just I haven't had time the last couple of nights to finish the sixth episode, um, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to it, especially now that I know it's only like six episodes a series. <laughs> Yep. Well, until you get to series seven, then I and series seven and eight, it goes up to eight. Oh, oh, that's not bad. No. Nah, nah. So we'll you'll, you'll like Rimmer too. The more the more it goes along. Yeah. And not the first few seasons, but he he gets he gets. They both kind of like 
you know, they, they rub off on each other a little bit. Not enough yeah. that it changes it much, but enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I like I, <laughs> the actor's pretty good. Um, and I, I do, I'd like the character, but yeah, he's, he's, he's the type of, he's the type of character that you hate. <laughs> and, and he does a good job of making you hate him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was nice. I think was it the, was it the fourth episode? Fourth episode was, was that the, I think that was the one where Lister got sick and his, that's his, uh, Number five, confidence and paranoia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number five. I can't remember if it was fourth or fifth one, but yeah, I, I liked it. And I think part of the reason I liked it was because they actually expanded the cast a little bit for that episode. <laughs> Do you, did you recognize confidence? Um, I, He looked familiar. I kind of looked him up on IMDb, but I didn't really look at anything he did. What's well, a Craig Ferguson, the uh, talk show. He's a comedian and talk show host. And Oh shit. Was that Craig Ferguson? Yeah, it doesn't. I I forget how I found out, but I didn't recognize him ever. And then I read was something on a page somewhere. How did that, like, I wait now. What? Hey, what? <laughs> yeah, or did he I? Looks maybe a little I didn't. Chunkier and tan than usual. <laughs> yeah, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't look him up on. I guess I didn't. No, I didn't. No, you're right. That is correct. That's why he looked familiar. Yay, Davy boy. <laughs> Craig Ferguson, yeah. I think I was gonna look that up, but I just I didn't. That yeah. Uh, uh, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna text you to let you know that I'd started watching. I was gonna text you, they're dead, Dave. They're all dead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you hear Sam and I do that bit, you now you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. 